Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a mental health professional, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional on the Still Trippin' podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Still Trippin' Podcast. And before we kick off today's episode, I want everybody to do me a favor. Look down at your feet right now. And if, if you don't, if you have your shoes on, kick off your shoes, look down at your socks. If you got holes in your socks, if your socks look busted, maybe you got two different colored socks because you couldn't find the matching pair, you need to go get yourself some nice toe tuxedos. And I'm talking about none other than Stance Socks. Go visit StanceSocks.com and get hooked up with those haters. Now, if you're here local in Utah, got to go down to Fashion Place Mall where Stance Socks has an official store there. If you like some cool looking underwear, they got some good athletic gear, they got great clothing now, but for the best in your sock needs, go down to Stance Socks store in Fashion Place Mall. Tell my boys Devin, Ben, Ashley, all the crew, tell them down there that David sent you from the Still Trippin' Podcast, and they will get you hooked up. They got some new fashions out right now. Right now, they're doing the Grateful Deadline. A lot of people um, really like that. And I'm mentioning this here to you on the podcast because we are now giving away Stance Socks here on the podcast this week. And for many weeks to come, we're going to be giving them away for all different reasons. But here's how you can win a pair through the Still Trippin' Podcast. All you got to do is hit us up in the DMs on our Instagram at Still Trippin' Podcast. That's S-T-I-L-L-T-R-I-P-N Podcast. Hit us up in the DMs. That's a direct message for those of you young kids that are just brand new to Instagram. And send us a question that you would like us to answer here on the podcast. And if we select, we may select your question, but it, so we're going to select certain people's questions for the podcast. But we may just select your question to give you the stance socks if we like the question. We may not answer all the questions on the podcast, but if you send in a question, it enters you in the drawing to win a weekly pair of stance socks. We're going to be giving out a couple pairs each week, so hit us up in the DMs on the Still Trippin' Podcast, and you can win some stance socks. But until then, if you really need some socks because it's cold outside, go down to Fashion Place Mall, like I said, in uh, Murray, Utah. And if you're not here local, go to stantsocks.com. So now back to the podcast. Today I have a friend with my with me that I've known for quite some time. Um, like a lot of our other podcasts, um, I know him, met him when he was a young teenager coming to the Quit Trippin' uh, support groups. And with me tonight is my man, B. Cash. Cash, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing a lot better now that I'm over the flu. Had the flu for the past week, so that was no bueno, as the Spanish would say. <laughs> No bueno. <laughs> so um, I invited Brandon to come on the podcast today because today we're going to start doing something a little bit different. I mentioned this in my introductory podcast that we posted last week that we're going to start taking some questions. And so um, for this particular episode, um, we have some just a couple specific questions. These questions are a little bit longer. And the reason why I asked uh, Cash to come on here and answer these questions with me because these two questions that I chose for this episode are specifically related to two young men that both um, send in questions that have and had struggles with pornography. 
So Brandon has been brave enough and kind enough to um, share his struggles with pornography and our quit trip and support groups. The way he talks about it, um, the advice that he gives people to help them get through it because it's something that he's still struggling with at times and, and working through. And from my experience, there's no better person to give you support and understanding to help you get through difficult times than someone who's actually been there themselves and still has to work on those things. So uh, thank you very much, Brandon, for coming on the podcast with me today to answer these specific questions. And I don't know anyone that could help young people out there understand some of the things to do to help them get through difficult struggles like pornography. In the very opening podcast that we did, we talked about us having conversations about difficult things or things that sometimes people struggle to have conversations with. Our intention of the podcast is to give you insight and information that you just may not get from normal conversations um, with some of your relationships at home. So uh, this is not going to be a podcast that, that younger teenagers shouldn't listen to because it's inappropriate. Nothing that we do here at the Steel Trippin' Podcast is crazy or way outside the box that teenagers can't listen to. But I believe this is a very important um, podcast, regardless whether you have this struggle or not, there's a very high probability that you know someone that does. So first off, I'd like to thank these two young gentlemen, and I'm not going to mention them by name, that sent in these questions, because it, it took a lot of courage to say these things. And I could tell um, that it wasn't easy for them to send these in, but it seems like it gave them a lot of relief. So here we go. The first question is, okay, now both these are kind of long and you'll see why in just a moment. First question is, I've been looking at porn since I was 10 and now I'm a junior in high school. And I know people say it's normal to look at it, but to be honest, since I've never dated or had a real girlfriend, I think it's made me scared of girls and super intimidated and I overthink what I should say. And then when I do talk, oh, I'm trying to understand what he's saying. When I do talk and I sound stupid, when I do talk and I sound stupid and ramble on about dumb stuff and I feel like they look at me like I'm weird or some sort of a creep and I just want to bury my head in my Pokemon pillow because I feel like a nerd that will never be what a girl wants. Shoot, that felt good. Thanks. for thanks. Sorry for babbling. I just never said that out loud. Well, technically you didn't say that out loud. You said it through a text, but I'm saying it out loud. So I guess you're right. It, it counts. It yeah, counts. It counts. All right, so the first thing I want to say um, is thank you so much to this young man that sent in this question. You know, these questions, they really tug on my heartstrings, Cash, because I listen to a lot of young people like this that have trusted me and shared these stories with me, and I feel this guy's pain so much, man. I mean, when you're hearing that question, what are you feeling for him? Because I know you personally, you were that young man. Like, that was you. Like, that's why I picked that question. Like, that was you when you were, when you were his age. Like, so what's going through your mind? What's going through your heart when you, when you hear him express all those insecurities and all those fears that he's never going to be good enough for a girl? It's, it's, it's hard to hear because I'm still in that spot. No matter fighting through it, working on it my heart goes out to him because I know what that pain feels like. It sucks that no matter what you do, especially like if you're trying to date is 
I've lost potential relationships. I haven't had a girlfriend because of those struggles, those exact same thoughts. And it's like, cool. Well, if that's not going to work, well, let me turn the pornography. And that doesn't help either. And I know how bad it hurts me. And I don't want that kid to hurt. I don't want him to have to go through the same stuff that I've gone through. It's not easy. So the fact that he can say that, that's a huge step. What's that vicious cycle like? Because even though he didn't say it, I I can just imagine for everyone out there listening or anyone that knows someone that struggles and or if you struggle yourself that's listening to this, it's like you look at pornography, it makes you feel gross and disgusting afterwards. You're scared people are going to find out because if people find out, who knows what they think about you. And then you swear to yourself, you're not going to do it. And you're like, okay, I'm going to get better, you know, or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do it again. Or, you know, you just, something doesn't feel right. So you want to stop, or you want to get away from it. And then something in life goes wrong. Someone disappoints you. Something doesn't go your way. And then all of a sudden it becomes that crutch or, or that thing that, you know, can make you feel good, even if it's just for a few minutes. And even though, you know, it's going to make you feel worse later. So what's that cycle like for that young man right now? From your experience? From my experience, that cycle is... I would just say hope. The, oh, I'm going to get this taken care of. I got this. I'm going to get through this. To the letdown of, I can't believe I let myself down. To, no, I can do this. To, I let myself down. And it just up and down, up and down with your emotions. And it's exhausting. And that's not even including trying to date or talking to girls at school or anything of that nature. It's a painful cycle. There's, I say hope, not wins, because at least for me is, it could be two steps forward and one step back, but I'm going to focus on that one step back, especially with pornography, because of how much it takes an emotional toll on me and how much it hurts afterwards. After I said, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. It, it's it's rough. You know, I've, I've heard young men attribute pornography for them to self-harm. Can you see how some people would think that when they get addicted to pornography, because obviously not everyone that sees pornography is going to become addicted and create a bad habit out of it. For those people, you know, for this young man that even asked this question, do you think it may be safe that it, it almost feels like some sort of self-harm? Yeah, because it just, it hurts emotionally and it's confusing because it's, I feel like crap afterwards, but I feel so good in the moment or the lead up to it to, and I can't share it with anybody and you just have to deal with it on the inside. It, it's it's for sure self-harm because usually when, if you, let's say you get hurt doing something, you got a scrape on your arm, people can ask and you can tell people about it and that hurt for the moment, but then you got to deal with the hurt and pain that it's just inside. You can't really go and tell people. I mean, you can, but you don't really want. It's just a weird thing. Like, I can't talk to people. I can't. And then you're dealing with the hurt and pain of looking at pornography. It's uh, it's unique. So imagine if this young man was sitting right here in just a few sentences. What would you tell him to give him a sense of he can get through this? And, you know, as hard as this is, from your experiences, it can get better.
I get it. It. It's not just a one day thing. It's not a one week thing. It's not a one month thing that it's okay for it to be a battle. It's okay to have the hurt and pain and have it be continuous and to have the anxiety that I get it. And just over time, just count the wins. Now, um, there is a website that uh, I'll be referring to again at the end of the podcast for those people who are struggling to this young man answers question. Please visit fightthenewdrug.org. They have an online program for teenagers and young people in general to that walks you through 20 minutes a day, gives you a breakdown and understanding how this affects your brain, how it affects our relationships, and gives you some really good tools to get through this type of struggle. Very powerful information. My good friend Clay Olson was the gentleman who's a big part of starting the organization. And the work that they do over there to make this easily available and free online for people, it's a great resource. The one thing that I'd like to add to what Brandon said is that you cannot go through this alone. I say all the time, the kryptonite to depression is connection. Well, the kryptonite to pornography addiction is also connection. To this young man and to anyone out there listening, when you struggle with pornography addiction, think about the times when you're looking at pornography and then think about the times when you have friends with you, you're hanging out and you're having a good time. And at those times, think how you don't even think about looking at pornography. And the reason why that is, is because when you're connecting with other people, when you're engaged in something that's entertaining and, and exciting, and, and you're releasing chemicals like dopamine and adrenaline and oxytocin, now those are all big words, you can Google those. But when you're releasing these cool drugs in your brain from hanging out with people that have your back, understand you and you're having a good time, you will not even think about looking at pornography. So the key to anyone's success to getting through this struggle, this addiction is going to be some sort of connection, whether it's going to see a counselor, whether it's telling one of your best friends, like Brandon has had friends tell him before, like, hey man, like I'm struggling with this. I don't know what to do. That's the biggest and most important start is to talk to someone about it that you trust and then have that person give you some ideas. And if they don't have ideas, go to fightthenewdrug.org, as I mentioned, and they'll have plenty of ideas for you. Okay, now we have another question that I want to get to. Okay, next question comes in from another young man. And again, this is a, another question about someone struggling with pornography. So it says, <clears throat> I'm really struggling and have been super nervous and feeling horrible about myself. You see, I'm a leader in my church youth group, and I have been working... I've been looking at porn for the past six months. I never watched it before. And then one day I got curious what the big deal was all about. At first, I only watched it a few times a week, but now it's every day. Anyways, I'm the oldest child. My parent, I'm the oldest child and my parents expect me to be an example. They don't have any restrictions on me because I get great grades and I'm always choosing the right in parentheses. And if you're from Utah, you know, that's, kind of a religious statement here, choose the right. And he says, I'm fearful if I tell them they're going to treat me like a little kid and take away all my freedoms. But I feel like I do tell them, but I feel like if I do, if I don't tell them, then I'm, then they're going to find out and it's going to make things way worse. Plus, I feel so horrible and so gross that if people found out, they would say I'm a hypocrite and I'm disgusting and no one's going to want to date me. 
Plus, I like this girl a lot. And if she found out how could she like me still? Sorry, guys. I'm just trying to read, trying to read these questions. I should have rewrote this question. Um, I really like this girl a lot. And I'm fearful if she finds out she won't like me still. Oh, yeah. I'm planning to go on a mission. For those of you listening, it's a Mormon mission. It's a, or it's a religious two-year experience. Next year when I graduate. And I feel like that would make it so I have to wait longer. Than every, then everyone would know or everyone would think, why has he been waiting to go on a mission? Does he have a problem like pornography or something? So yeah, no big deal, right? Any questions or any suggestions? Thanks. I love the podcast. All right, cool. Well, again, thank you for that um, for that question. And that was a really long question, a lot to kind of digest there. Um, I really like how he admitted that he's struggling. Um, it's, it's interesting because this podcast, we're coming from Salt Lake City, Utah. And most people know that in Utah, the predominant religion is, um, is Mormonism. And he, he, he talks about, he's a leader in his church cash and he's been looking at pornography for six months and it didn't seem to start out really bad at first, but now it's becoming every day. I totally see why he'd be fearful of people thinking that he's a hypocrite because he's supposed to be this youth leader. And then if people found out about him, much like the first question, people found out that he was looking at this, he's scared that they'll be grossed out. He's scared that the girl he likes and sounds like she likes him too, that she wouldn't like him anymore. Um, he's scared that if he tells his parents, he'll take away his freedom. But if he doesn't tell them and they find out, it's going to be way worse. I mean, this kid's got a lot going through his head right now. Right. Yeah, to say the least. Um, so, what are some what are some of your first thoughts, Cash, about this question that he sent in? First thing that comes to my head is you're only as sick as your secrets, and just with him keeping that in there, I mean, good for him for reaching out. Just six months into it, it's super tough. I relate to being the hypocrite thing a lot. Just oh yeah, you're the oldest child too. Oldest, so <laughs> oldest child. Couple of, well, so let's talk about what's that oldest pressure, that oldest child pressure, like because you got all these siblings, mom and dad are like, be a good example. How many of you? How many times have you heard "be a good example" to your siblings since you've been alive? A lot. It's a lot. Um, being the oldest is weird because you can't really relate it to anything else because I haven't been a middle child, I haven't been the youngest. I don't have that. I just get to watch my siblings go through what they go through and. The older you get, the more that you become more of like an uncle type presence instead of a brother and a sibling because I moved out of the house. It's just, it's, it's unique. And at the end of the day, though, is you know that no matter what you do is like, what are my siblings looking at? Because they've always looked up to you. It's, even if we've fought or argued or different stuff is you're just an example and a role model for them. So there's a lot of pressure to it. Yeah, for sure. So, so let's dive right in the deep end with some ideas for him. What do you think about him telling his parents? Do you think he should tell us? Because he sounds like he's a good kid. He sounds like he's one of those kids that is trying to do, like you said, choose the right. I did that in air quotes right there. He's choosing the right. But I could see, man, how bad his parents would freak out because they have, this is my perfect little angel. He's doing so great. Yeah. So I don't know. What, what, what do you think the move is there? What do you think the call is for him? Not yet. And... Find somebody who you trust, though. Like okay, so we're saying not yet what? So not don't talk to his parents yet. Like don't I wouldn't if if your parents have a tendency of freaking out and you because his thing is he wants to fix it right, and I think that I just I know I've gotten my mom with different stuff from my parents. They freaked out and it turns into this huge thing. It blows up and then I don't get any help. 
So maybe if he's got an uncle, an older brother, well, he's he's the oldest. If he has somebody he can go to a cousin to like say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Like, how do I present it to my parents? And maybe get somebody else who he trusts that maybe his parents trust as well to have that conversation with just to help him have okay, that okay. conversation. Does so, that make sense? So you're saying... Instead of going directly to his parents, if he's that freaked out, maybe he may need a practice run. Yeah, And go to someone and talk to someone, like talk it through with someone, like an uncle or, or any, and because we don't know this young man's situation, there might be one of the two parents that he could go and talk to. Yeah. So maybe you start with one parent or you start with someone that has influence over your parents and get their advice and weigh in with them. I like that a lot, actually, because that practice run, trying to figure out how do you want to state this? I do like the idea of him going to an adult or some sort of person that he respects and that possibly could help him talk to his parents or at least have him come up with a plan. And the reason why I like that is because I could tell this is killing him. No, oh, absolutely. Like the, the, this, no joke, this in and of itself for many kids that have counseled has created a whole lot of potential struggles outside of pornography like depression. Um, one young man, uh, he's doing amazing now. Um, but there was a time where he was extremely suicidal because he felt that he was such a big disappointment. He was disappointing. And again, another kid in the religious faith, uh, uh, that was Mormon. He felt like he wasn't just disappointing his family. He was disappointing God. He tried so many times to stop doing it to say his prayers, to read his scriptures, and none of those things were working because at that time he got some bad advice. He met with someone and they told him he needs to read some certain things, he needs to pray and it'll go away. Now, I don't know all the details of that, but at that particular time it didn't work, so it made him feel 10 times worse. So I like that suggestion. I would say the same thing, that this young man should go and talk to someone and let that be kind of the buffer. Um, any other thoughts that come to mind as far as like some words of advice or encouragement to this young man? Cause you are the oldest child. You know what that's like to be in that position with that pressure and having a parent thinking that not only the oldest child, you're the best child and not wanting to let those parents down. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough burden to carry realistically is like, you want to make your family proud. You want to make your family proud. You want to make sure your family's good. And if that's something you're going through, I mean, your family's going to do better once you face it. So I, I just... Like his family may be better off knowing that if he could struggle with this, maybe they need to be open-minded. Yeah. Maybe they need to sit back and it's going to be hard, like ripping off a, a Band-Aid at first. It may be pretty painful for his parents, but he might be the best person for... Well, not the best person, but he might be a good person to come to his parents and talk about the stuff. So if any other siblings are going through this, the parents already understand how to handle a situation like this. Yeah. And also go in with the expectation that your parents might not handle it perfectly, even after you go to somebody else who's a buffer and you do a practice run. Because if you are the oldest, this is probably going to be the first time they face this. And you kind of have to go in there like, you know, I'm a that's my job in the family and I have to, I have to take one on the chin and however this goes, I know it's going to work out in the long run and just remember that when it gets tough. I mean, I remember one of the best conversations I had with my mom, because me and her didn't always have the best relationship, just the way I grew up, parents being divorced, is it started out with us getting in a, an extreme argument and it was very loud and the siblings got scared. And then at the end of it, we broke down crying. It was the best conversation we'd ever had to that point. So just because there may be hurt and pain with it doesn't mean it's 
over or you failed. It's just doesn't mean it's going to be a bad conversation. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, another thing I want you to weigh in on because I don't know this young man's age. It sounds like he's got to be pretty close to an adult. Like he sounds like he's yeah. older. Did he say in here? Can't remember. Say seventeen or. Um, Anyways, it looks like he's pretty close to being 18. Um, and I'm just curious because I don't know this. Um, I know you've you've gone to some 12-step meetings for these types of issues. Do they have 12-step meetings that you're aware of for people who are under 18 years old? Is that something for just over 18? Are you aware of that? I'm not aware of it. I think it's just for over 18. Just for over 18? Okay. Um, well, like we said on the other question, uh, on, on the first question, um, go visit Fortify or go visit Fight the New Drug in their program Fortify because that's definitely something that can help you out. And also too, my some of my advice this young man, or if anyone out there knows someone that's struggling with this, seek help. If you feel like this is something that's affecting your day-to-day function in your life, it's affecting your relationships, your performance at school. Um, if it's having some some serious issues or some significant hurt and pain and causing you to feel depressed and down and insecure about yourself, seek some help. Maybe you don't have to come right out if you're not sure where you're at with this issue. You don't have to come right out and say, hey, I need to go to counseling for pornography addiction if you're not sure if that's what it is. But asking your parents to go talk to someone doesn't necessarily have to be for this issue, but it could help you start to talk about other things in your life that may be contributing this issue. As we said in the first, um, in the question, I believe we mentioned it, that pornography is really an intimacy issue, meaning that most people, when they become uh, addicted or really start to abuse pornography, not just curious and looking at it, because there's some very serious biological things that happen when we look at pornography. It produces drugs such as dopamine um, to our brain, and dopamine is, is the same drug that's produced when you do hardcore drugs, you know, whether it be alcohol and heroin and so on and so forth. But when it produces drugs from your brain, that can become addictive if you do that often. But what I mean by it's an intimacy issue, meaning that you're more likely to become addicted and struggle with pornography if you're having relationship distress in your life. And that relationship distress could simply be that you don't have friends. That relationship distress could be you're going through a breakup. You feel insignificant. You feel like you're not um, as good as you should be on your sports team or your family at school. Because pornography, looking at pornography, can create a great amount of dopamine release. In fact, many studies show that pornography releases just as much dopamine um, equal to sometimes greater than when someone uses heroin. So because it produces such powerful chemicals, it can easily become abusive and addictive. So in that sense, we are more likely to abuse and become addicted to it when we don't feel like we're getting dopamine and the drugs of life from being closely connected to our loved ones. So keep that in mind, take that information with you, share that with people that you think may need that information. And thank you as always for joining the Still Trippin' podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Still Trippin', S-T-I-L-L-T-R-I-P-N podcast. Um, go to iTunes on your iTunes podcast app. If you have an iPhone and and you're not sure how to listen to this and someone just kind of sent you this, you can find us by the little purple app that comes on every iPhone. It looks like a little microphone um, and there's two circles around the microphone. 
go into the search menu, search Still Trippin' Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave a review, um, like a star review. You can click on the stars. Just scroll down to the bottom once you find our podcast. Subscribe, scroll down the bottom, click on the stars, write a review if you like. What that does for us is it allows other people to find us easier on iTunes and so that more people can hear about the conversations we're having with teenagers and young adults about the things that matter in their life today. So thank you as always for joining us here on the Still Trippin' Podcast. Until next time, we out.